0: Welcome to BDO in the boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues, including, but not limited to mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started.
1: I'm Amy Rojic, Director of Videos, Center for Governance, and I'm so happy to have the chance to sit down with my colleague, Demetrios Frangiscatos, our Assurance Northeast Regional Managing Partner, to discuss the frenzy and excitement over SPAC and resulting DSPAC transactions, and in particular, considerations that board members should be thinking about in being selected to be affiliated with the acquirers or the acquirees. The so Demetrius oversees many elements of our firm's Northeast assurance operations, including auditing, accounting, SEC services, global services, quality control, and independence. He has more than 19 years of experience providing accounting, auditing, and business advisory services with BDO, as well as deep experience advising clients on initial public offerings, follow-on offerings, and debt transactions. He's also been involved in numerous merger and acquisition transactions for both domestic and international entities. More recently, he's been spearheading BDO's SPAC advisory and assurance services, which has shown record growth in the past year and is forecasted to continue for the foreseeable future. Demetrius serves both publicly and privately held emerging growth and Fortune 1000 companies across a multitude of industries with a primary focus on technology, media, healthcare, and service organizations. He's highly involved with Long Island's Go Red for Women, the American Heart Association's signature women's initiative to promote heart health. He's also on the Dean the Advisory Board at St. John's and an alumni president at St. John's and, a, and on the board of his church as part of his overall board duties. So Demetrius, welcome to video in the boardroom.
2: Thanks, Amy, appreciate the introduction. That was very nice of you.
1: <laughs> My pleasure. All right, so as of late spring, early summer 2021, what does the SPAC transaction landscape look like currently? And what do you expect to see continued for the next six to 18 months?
2: Yeah, that's 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 an interesting question and and sort of an ever evolving question. Um, Depending on the week we talk, there's just constant changes in in this world. And you know, um, we've we've really spent uh, quite a bit of time building out verticals uh, as a firm in 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 this sector. Um, Just really watching it evolve. You know, last year the SPAC market really grew quickly. And and I think, um, you know, the market started taking notice, but it wasn't really till the beginning of this year where everybody, you know, stopped in their tracks and saw the volume of activity, um, you know, and just to give you perspective, last year there was over 240 SPACs uh, that were filed. You know, in the first half of this year, you have over 330. So there's there's a significant uptick already that that's occurred. Um, you know, we've already hit our marks from last year. And, and truth be told, most of that happened um, before the April time frame. Um, and, and the frenzy was a true frenzy. And then what happened slowly thereafter is the the market seemed to slow down a little bit um you know the pipe market slowed a little bit the sec issued some guidance which impacted um the accounting for some of the equity instruments and it kind of gave the market a little bit of a pause um but what we've seen now in 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 the next couple of months april may now we're in june is that you're starting to see the activity pick up um there are um there are sponsors that are looking to raise capital and there are more sponsors that are looking to pace um, their entry into the marketplace, maybe in the August-September timeframe as well. So there's still an appetite to get into the, this back market, um, which which is positive. You know, you talk to bankers and you, you talk to attorneys and you talk to sponsors. There's there's a lot of confidence that this vehicle um, is one that's viable, and and I think there's an expectation that that it will be here for a while. Maybe not at the pace and the numbers we're talking about now. Um, but there is there is there is a confidence that it'll be there. What will be interesting over the next twelve months and just kind of looking out into the future is obviously we just talked about the activity picking up and, and, and maybe not at the pace that it was before, but we'll also start start, start seeing the these d- SPACs happen, right? Where there's the eighteen to twenty-four month window that some of this raised capital needs to d- be deployed in, in accordance with the agreements, the fundraising agreements. Um and and that you know the, the test of time will show: um, Are there enough viable companies that can go public, uh, that have the right business model, that have the right management team, uh, that have the the wherewithal and the ability uh, to 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 de-spac it and become public? And that's what we'll see where where the true pressure in in the vehicle um, coming to play with with the, with the volume of capital that that's been put into the market up to this point.
1: Now that that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think you, you mentioned some of the players in this space. So can you maybe expand a little bit on the various roles? And, and maybe if we think about it, if we look at the initial transaction and kind of setting up a spAC to go public, what role does the board play in that transaction?
2: So, you know, as 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 we're seeing the maturity of, of this vehicle and and the market change. Um, you're seeing the, the, what what I view as a the, the more, a more very more critical role that a um, board member needs to play. Um, you, you obviously have uh, certain sponsors and the management team that's going to drive um, you know where 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 the business goes and what they'll do. Um, but as 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 we're working with more spacs and and we're getting to meet uh, the sponsors and the board members. Um, there's a quick realization coming in that experience um, is extremely important, whether it's M&A experience, industry experience, uh, the ability to understand the value of corporate governance and execution of, of being a public company. Um, things like that are, are starting to become really relevant and, and also differentiating factors for the SPAC in the target companies that they're looking for, where there's there's a there's a board there's an appropriate experience at the board level that that'll add value and and support um, that operating company in de So you're seeing um, you're seeing a, a variety of board members that are sitting on 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 the spacs in the after the initial public uh, raise, so that they're they're. Adding sort of a very holistic view on if they're targeting tech or if they're targeting financial services or energy, um, you're sitting. You're not only seeing you know folks that are just deal makers, but maybe folks that have served as CEOs or served in, in certain operating roles as well, um, because there's clear. Um, there's a clear need for diversity in in helping, you know, that SPAC deploy the capital and then ultimately the operating company uh, go public.
1: Now, that makes a lot of sense. And and I think just on the side of the board, I think it's equally important on the side of the management team to understand, you know, the short window that you have in a spac transaction and, and the immediate need to be a public entity and to be filing public file documents, et cetera. So having that structure in place, I I believe would be as important as well and understanding some of the structuring around internal controls and other things and the importance of all of that with respect to being a public entity, I think would would go well there. So one of the things that um, I wanted to talk about was maybe shift gears a little bit So as the target identification process unfolds, and you talked about this kind of 24, 18 to 24 month window, and a target company to acquire does get identified, can you take us through the board considerations and the lessons learned in that phase of the SPAC journey?
2: No, yeah, absolutely, Amy. And and I think the last, you know, just jumping back for a second, the last point you raised is, is, is sort of really critical. Um, you know, one of the differentiating factors between a traditional IPO and a SPAC is um, there is there isn't maybe as long of a process for the operating company go, to go public, right? Um, there's definitely a, a more condensed window and, and maybe a higher acceleration of speed of the operating company going public and, and, and it doesn't have sort of the same runway and, and, and process that it needs to go through. So that highlights the need for expertise. and and um, it highlights the need for uh, folks that have have done this before, so that they're able to help and coach um, um, the operating company through that process. and and frankly, what, what I view is the harder part is is sort of the light switch, right? It's, it's a flip of a switch where you're one moment, a private company, then, then a public company, um, and then have to operate with those reporting deadlines and, and with those expectations and, and also, um, with, with a a governance expectation that's completely different maybe than when you were a private company, um, for various reasons, like investment and uh, controls and financial reporting and, um, Operating disciplines and things of that sort that change pretty dramatically as well. Um, so, so I, I I thought that was an extremely important point. I wanted to make sure I, I highlighted that um, because that is uh, something that that I think with with this type of vehicle it's 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 becoming very obvious that there's a need um, and a desire to have that to help support the companies. So, you know what what we're noticing, um, you know, when when targets are identified and, and they go through the acquisition process. Um, you know, boards are spending some time with the management teams evaluating what the integration uh, process looks like, doing, you know, making sure they're doing a proper gap, gap assessment. You know, have they evaluated the technology needs of the company? Where do the control um, and the control structure look uh, for a company that needs to report every three months and, and annually and, and, and any other regulatory requirements? Um, You know, what what board members are seeing is that in in many cases, um, the financial reporting may may have been very adequate uh, to be a private company, but but may not have the investment and and the skill set in order to um, be a public company, because there's a lot of complexities with SEC reporting and frankly, even um, with the equity instruments and the warrants we've seen. Where there's a lot of complexities with financing and things of that sort that need to be properly evaluated, um, and 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 then that that needs to be evaluated as well. Um, also, the uh, the financial systems and and the operating system, you know, has has the right level of investment been done there, and then just overall governance. Um, and and what we're seeing is there's, uh, you know, different board members are playing sh- very strategic roles in kind of looking at those four or five six areas. And making sure that they're they're properly evaluated and um, and, and adding advisors, um, you know, maybe public company readiness advisors or um, operating company um, support or to to those companies uh, with individuals that have a lot of experience, so that they can help work through the, um, the integration, et cetera. Um, and the other thing that we're seeing is that the directors are helping out with elements of you know negotiations whether it's contract negotiations evaluation of compensation structures what that should look like to make sure that that um that the management team is is properly compensated um and and just just overall really looking at what 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 should be the fiduciary duties of of the officers and, and what they should be thinking about as they're transitioning in, in sort of that very short window um, to become a public company um, and, and highlighting all those five six areas has, has really become a, a sort of essential um, in in that window from when the SPAC announces it's going to do the deal to when it's going to DSPAC and 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 get the company to go to go to go public while they the company has lots of time to to get better and improve. Um, um, you know what it what it's like to be a public company. You still have to operate in, in that fashion right away. And uh, you know what we've seen is you know the companies that take that seriously out of the gates have have uh, generally uh, fared well um, once they get into the p- public markets.
1: Now that that's a great point, point. and I think to to kind of complement that, some of the I guess the better governance practices, if you will, we've been approached by several of our own clients that are involved in similar transactions about you know, what, what are best governance practices that they could be adopting and just talking through what that looks like and ensuring that they actually are doing those things or thinking about those things as, the, as they get up to speed. Particularly as to, as you point out that many of the board members are playing much more of a strategic role as opposed to an oversight role maybe in the beginning especially with regard to these transactions and the integration of the companies, So I think it's really important to kind of remember those governance guidelines as they go forward and make sure they're staying up to speed on that. So we've talked about a bunch of things, and I guess I'm going to leave you with an open forum question, if you will. So what haven't we touched on that you feel would be invaluable information to share with our board audience today?
2: So, you know, the, the one thing that I think we haven't touched on is, you know, the the markets um, have have gone through a bit of a roller coaster over the last several months. And um, what we've seen in, in some cases is there is, you know, uh, a need for speed, obviously, for, for the capital raise and then obviously looking to, to chase target companies. Um, I think fundamentals are always going to be the most important thing. Uh, when making obviously investment decisions and 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 you know being a you know being a good board member um, and and supporting the success of a company has been helping you know sponsors and management teams make sure they're evaluating where the markets are. Is there a need for speed? Should we be chasing these operating companies? What would we do in, in sort of normal uh, um, uh, in, in a normal client? um, the, there's a bit of a frenzy now and just making sure that's being managed properly and, and evaluating the decision. Um, and, and, and obviously considering some of the things we talked about because some operating companies may not have, um, a lot of infrastructure and, and while the, the, the fundamentals of, of the business model may be good, maybe they're not quite ready yet, um, to go public. And, and I think, um, it's, it's going to be the board's responsibility to help manage that because, because I do think that's going to be one of the challenges as this market matures. Um, you have X amount of, of companies that have raised capital. You have X amount of operating companies are, are, are you going to have enough for them to all go public a and B are they, is, is, is that private operating company, should it be going public? And and I think, um, the strategic advice from the board members in evaluating, you know, that the deal term um you know the the role um of of the current executive team are they the right folks it's kind of going through the fundamentals of evaluating a deal from where it is in the market what it's worth and 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 all the um the, the business model considerations i think are really really essential um i think this market has forced people to move very quickly At, at in, in some cases and I think pausing could be instrumental in between, you know, maybe maybe making a bad deal or a really good one that has a lot of chances of success and upside.
1: Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. And I think one of the the things you you indicated on deal terms was just because the nature of these things is so fast and frenzied. And I I know when we had started talking about this, you raised a a point that I that resonated with me. And it's it's kind of considering when when is it time to raise money truly versus the urgency that this market is creating for people and being able to distinguish that and understanding relative deal terms and understanding whether you're getting a good deal and recognizing that, you know, certain of the advisors you may be relying on for advice kind of have a are a little bit conflicted, right? So they're they're looking to benefit from this as well. So making sure you really understand, you know, the the whole picture as a board member, as as a management team, et cetera. So really want to thank you for sharing your insights today. I know you're extremely busy, so thanks for taking time out um, for our audience and love to have you back as things uh, get a little calmer for you. And please stay tuned for more episodes from BDO in the Boardroom. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash BDO Knows Governance.